We have our superintendent of schools, Dr. Paul Peterson, join us. And he has brought with us this morning a special guest, and that is Christy Shook, who is the vice chair of the Mankato Area Public School School Board. Good morning to you both. Great to see you, Karen. Thanks for having us. Good morning, Karen. How has it been, Christy, being on the board? I don't know how long you've been on now. A few years. This is my 14th year. What? Isn't that amazing? I know. Blink. And I got elected in 2009, started serving 2014. So as the years go, I'm uh, sailing through my 14th year, enjoying all of it. Now, when you started, did you have young I did. I did. Because now all I have is a senior at West that is remaining, has gone through the system. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I was going to ask <laughs> if you still had kids in school yeah, even. just but one. Okay. Yeah. And so you you still obviously enjoy being on the board and... Totally committed to the uh, public school system in this community and the great things that we're able to do. Now, sure. you've been here, like you said, 14 years. Is that longer than you've been superintendent, isn't it, Paul? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is year number five. Okay, well, then I'm going to talk to Christy. You got <laughs> it. You got it. <laughs> Christy, so how have things changed through the years? When you started 14 years ago in the Mankato area public schools, what have you seen through the years that have been maybe like a aha moment or maybe like, hmm, meh? Yeah, well, a lot has changed as far as uh, parent involvement most recently. I think everybody listening can probably just totally grasp their ideas of what that looks like. We have parents that have always been engaged. I'm a product of that. Our PTOs um, speak so much strength to that every year, the way parents are involved. But parents are involved differently this uh, the last couple of years, and that has been really uh, both challenging and rewarding. Are we talking helicopters? Um, or is that not the right word? Gal, that's a great that's a great perspective. I think we're talking a little bit more than that because okay. more than a helicopter parent. I do. I think <laughs> in the sense of like not so much in like, hey, my daughter needs to sit in in this seat because the sun can't shine on her. You know, I, like I look at that as like a helicopter. I think more than that is um, the influence in which parents are involved and the maybe and the trust that needs to be continuously developed and built um, by everybody in the system, from our teachers to our staff members to our school board members. You know, as a school board member, I, th- I think that um, trust was something that was just a little bit more handed out. I think people really care when you're messing with their taxes and they really care when you're talking about their children, you know, or it's their children. But generally speaking, when I started my school board tenure, um, there's trust that was just kind of embedded in... In In other words, you're my elected official. I elected you because I trust you and I know you're going to do the best. And so give me an example of what do you mean that's changed? I think what's changed is, hey, what are you, what are you teaching my students? What are you doing with my... Um, uh, with my the curriculum in my classrooms, I think parents are a little bit more interested in in that. And what are you doing to keep my students safe? And um, and what are you doing to provide the best outcomes for my my student, my child? So there's there's more questions about that than there have been in the past, where that was assumed. Does that make your job more difficult in some ways? It makes the conversation more engaging. Okay. The, wow, that's very tactful, actually. Ah. <laughs> hey, it's uh, 13 years. <laughs> right, right. You've been I'm doing good. I had a great leader intact with my uh, dad, Bob Berg, so I'm going to shout out oh. to him. But um, but you know what? Our relationship with our superintendent um, embeds that trust. We work together as a school board, and so those conversations um, 
Um, Paul has a very open he's – he's got an open door for school board mm-hmm. um, and the way that he works to build leadership in, in this community. So it makes it easy. All right. Well, you mentioned talking about trust and <laughs> and all those sorts of things. And, of course, the big discussion, and you probably know we're going to talk about this, is the SROs. Oh, yeah. The student resource officers, of course, has been a big discussion about, well, should they be in schools? Should they not be in schools? Well, what can they do in schools? What can they not be in schools? And the headline today is officers back in some schools. Talk about what's happening here in our district and and maybe even on a broader perspective, what's going on with that. Yeah, great. So um, this school year brought a uh, a different uh, experience than schools like school districts like ours have had for quite some time. And that is uh, when the legislature passed legislation last spring, um, there was language in there talking about um, behavior and actions specific to agents of the school, including school resource officers. Um, as that language became more public and became um, understood better by um, public safety departments, um, county sheriffs, uh, et cetera, including Mankato Public Safety, concerns were raised. And there were many school districts that started the school year without SROs in the building. Now, did did it, Mankato start without them or were they there and then taken out? I can't recall how, what happened. Yeah, so we, uh, we have not had our SROs in the building <laughs> since the start of school. But you've had them. Yeah, we, we still have a contract. We still have okay. a um, strong partnership with Department of Public Safety. We've been working together um, in partnership to be patient um, as uh, hoping that clarification would be coming from either the legislature or the executive branch or the judicial um, branch up, uh, you know, up in St. Paul. And uh, it sure seems as if um, the clarifications or the, re- the revised opinions that have been distributed by uh, Attorney General Ellison um, seems to be getting us closer here in Mankato schools for the return of SROs. But the bottom line is that we're now in the fourth week of school, and we do not have SROs at our campuses. And so we're, um, again, still partnering with Department of Public Safety here in town, but we are uh, anxious to see their return. Because I have a student who is still in in high school. Right. He's in 11th grade. Yeah. And so when we went to the orientation for the at the East High School the first thing of the year, they introduced the the SRO, the right. the resource officer and it was it's kind of interesting. A lot of kids are like, "Yay, you know, cheer." And obviously this person has developed a real rapport with a lot of the mm-hmm. kids there and that sort of thing. So that's when I was asking. I said, "Well, I recall seeing one there, but that was at the beginning when things were first introduced. Right. Yeah. Todd and Stephanie have been um, at our sites um, off hours. They were definitely there during orientation time to meet kids and parents on those early preschool days. Sure. But as far as official duties, once school started the day after Labor Day, um, they have that those first few days, they we had them on an on-call basis. Um, They were not on site. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, we've been We've been trying to craft more interim plans, thinking that the legislature would have to probably step in uh, during the next legislative session. With Ellison's latest uh, legal opinion, again, now now we're anticipating that potentially there's a, an opportunity for them to full-on return um, to their their regular duties here. Um, and you know, we're really hopeful for that. But uh, like I said, we're we're st- we are without them uh, to this day. When did the SRO thing start? Because, uh, you know, obviously I was in school many, many, many years ago. <laughs> and and so, you know, was unheard of. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's been in more recent years. 
that that's been even a thing where you needed to have officers in schools. Yeah, you know, I, I, 90% of what school resource officers do, probably more than 90%, is uh, developing positive relationships with mm-hmm. kids, staff, families, um, and to be that visible presence on school campuses to, um, like I said, build those relationships. And then if there, there would be an emergency, um, that they would be the first public safety uh, responder on the scene. Um, thankfully, I think in Minnesota, especially here in Mankato and around our area, our SROs are very well trained to only get involved in law enforcement activities at schools. They are not disciplinarians. They are not principals. They are not teachers. Um, the relationships between kids and the staff members, the principals and teachers, that is really where you're going to deal with disruptive behavior, um, kids who might be making poor choices. That is, uh, SROs are not the first, second, or even third call when um, something might not be going quite right in schools. Uh, SROs are really there as building positive relationships. And then, of course, you know, there's there's the preventative part that as kids build relationships with a police officer, um, they're they're probably less likely to, to um, be disruptive in a way that's going to re- require them to get involved. It's interesting. I had a, a lady I used to know used to have kids in the neighborhood who would be mischievous and do things. So she said, so I approached them and would ask them to help me. And once they got to know her, they would feel like that they would almost be protected over her. So it's kind of that same principle once you know somebody mm-hmm. sort of thing. So was it in the 2000s or the 2010s that they started in the schools? Do you? I'm just wondering how it seems like it's more recent. Do you guys even remember? I think it goes back to somewhere between 2000 and 2010 in that okay. first decade of, okay. of the 2000s. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Mankato schools have had up to three. Um, we did a, a real comprehensive review of our school resource officer program four years ago. That resulted in us reducing down to now two. Um, in the high schools, just the high schools? They, yeah, that's where they're pri- primarily okay. stationed. But, uh, you know, with, with a larger district like ours, they're able to head to some elementary and middle schools if, if called upon. But most of their work is, is centralized both at East and West and then over at Central. So what do they do then? I mean, they're obviously you said they're they're kind of the third or fourth call mm-hmm. after other methods or things are tried. So what are they doing during the day? Are they just hanging out at lunch with the kids, or I, I mean, I'm just trying to picture what actually they do. Yeah, it's it's I, I think that in so many cases it's a liaison role between uh, what's potentially happening in the community mm-hmm. and what school support and what school support staff can provide to kids. And so there definitely um, are areas where if there's activity in the community that needs to be investigated, um, uh, school resource officers are are very well equipped to, to help with some sort of an investigation that um, the kid is at school and parents can be called in and they can do that right there. The other thing that they're really able to do is to connect with resources, whether that's at the county or with some other um, uh, nonprofit uh, support within town uh, to make sure that kids and their families are getting um, the connections uh, that they need to be successful both in school but then also in, within the community. So are you basically in a waiting period now in terms of what, what is next I mean, in terms of actually them coming to the schools? Yeah, or? I think that's a good way to say it. Um, you know, it's here we are at when, Wednesday of mm-hmm. the fourth week of school, right. and I, um, I'm cautiously optimistic um, that the phone will ring or my text <laughs> will buzz at, at some point um, and get called down to, sit, uh, to the city offices to say, okay, 
let's uh, figure out what the next step is, whether that we whether we turn left or right. We know that a lot of schools uh, and a lot of communities have now returned their SROs. Mm-hmm. Um, Blue Earth County, for example, has. And um, But our partnership and the jurisdiction of our schools is with the city of uh, Mankato and Mankato Public Safety, and they've been exceptional partners with us, and uh, we look forward to continuing to work on this with them. So how is it different than that they some of them are already back and, and you guys aren't yet? What is the point that yeah that's why a, some are and some aren't yeah yep that, yep that's a public safety uh, decision oh okay um, that's our yep and so you know that's we've had to clarify that a few times as you know there's been things in the media or things said it's like well boy the school district really needs to get them back um that's not really how this works um this is sro you're in an agreement with a jurisdiction but if one side of that agreement isn't feeling comfortable with continuing mm-hmm. on with that and that definitely is um what we're trying to work through with the Department of Public Safety. Do you know what their hang-up is? What is their big concern? You know, I, I think at this point they're getting um, some um, legal counsel review from the League of Minnesota Cities. Okay. Um, I know that the um, Police Officer Association um, has appreciated the revised opinion from um, Attorney General Ellison. And so now I think it's just making sure that when officers return, they have the protection um, that they feel comfortable having uh, in order to do their job. So you don't know exactly when it might happen. <laughs> I know it's just I'm putting you on the spot. No, that's fine. We're we're uh, we're uh, we're patient and just kind of but we're wait and see and mm-hmm. but we're anxious to get them back. Yeah. How about you, Christy? Do you hear from folks? Have they been talking to folks on the school board about this issue too? Is it something that you get feedback about or not really? It hasn't really populated um, okay. too much. A, a few a few questions, but um, a lot of, I think, more just wait and see. Yeah. Time will tell. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Patient and diligent. That's what I'd say. And you mentioned, this, uh, folks, you're bringing things, and you hear this in the news a lot about the content of some of the, the classes and things that they're concerned about, what's being taught in the schools. And, I mean, how do you feel that the board is handling that? You, you hear things like, well, I don't want my kid taught this. And, it, of course, it used to be about sex education and <laughs> was one of the main ones, and now it's, you know, gender and all these sorts of different things. Mm-hmm. What do you hear from parents, and, and how do you wade through that, you know, mishmash of all these different thoughts? It's a great question. I think that um, I think that tide has kind of also dwindled. I think there was a rise. Um, right. Politics play into that. Um, and I, again, I I really feel Karen. It's really about building trust, and our teachers do that in every hour of every day. And so th- that makes our job a lot easier because um, parents are are watching their children be educated and they're seeing the work that they're doing and um, and that helps to really inform our parents of of what their students are being taught so curriculum rarely makes its way to the board um, because there are so many steps in which we we really support the autonomy of our teachers to you know make make learning um, theirs um, as as they're guided by the curriculum that is decided on by our administrators, right? So, um, so I think that's really where that goes. Is um, it's kind of dealt at that foot, um, that problem, that I guess that conversation with the teachers, you know, and then um, goes into more um, their their school principals would be the ones that would have those real depth in depth conversations about curriculum. 
Paul is probably here wanting to talk about school referendum and, <laughs> and things like that. That's what I'm thinking. He said he brought Christy here to be a support to maybe talk about what's happening. <laughs> I love talking about the referendum. So I was like, can well, no. I come? I want to come. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, but that is yes. like the big thing. You guys are out and about. You're oh, talking yeah. to people. You've been holding sessions and things like that. So let's talk a little bit about that. We've got $110 million referendum coming up for tax payers to yep. vote on in November November 7th okay so uh, how are what are you hearing on your end I'll ask Christy first because she's the school board and, oh, and all you the are folks so kind Karen throwing the mic my way <laughs> no. well you know Paul brought in a guest I thought he wanted uh, to exactly. talk. Oh, you know. <laughs> maybe um you know the over overwhelmingly people are very interested in safety and security as a school board um, we hear that um, we hear that often from our community. What are you doing to keep my students safe? What are you doing to keep my, my child safe? Um, so this referendum um, directly responds to that concern of our constituents. And I'm, I'm, I'm really proud about that, that uh, 10 schools in our community um, are on the ballot for um, improving safety and security within their schools. Um, and not making it a militarized zone by any stretch of the imagination, but up updating our schools. I like to hear Paul say in these referendum presentations, Mankato does a really good job of taking care of its schools. We have schools, um, f you know, that are operating beautifully um, from the 19, what, Roosevelt was 1920? 1927. Yeah, and wow. West at 1950, you know, they were they were built and, um, and they are, they're beautiful buildings. They they need some updates um, as it relates to specifically security. Um, and because we hear of all these awful school shootings and things, right. and that makes it top of mind for parents. Yeah. And so that's why I'm sure that they're, yep. you guys hear about that too. Well, yep. what are you doing right. for me? And you can't deny that. You can't deny that concern. Um, our families are sending their schools, their students to us um, for, you know, a good part of their awake hours. And right. um, we're responsible for teaching them, but we're also responsible for keeping them safe. And um, this ballot question, number one, um, directly answers that. So I'm glad about that. Yeah, I don't want to span, expand on that, Paul. Of course. Yeah, I I, I, I think mean, are you, Paul, are you hearing, you know, you're doing these presentations in yeah. the public. Are you getting questions out there about specific things related to that? You know, uh, we're getting a lot of positive feedback that mm. our school board has um, kept the main thing the main thing with this sure. bond referendum. Um you know, $105 million in question one, yep, that's a big number. Yeah. Uh, question two being at 15, that's that's a separate question that people can decide up or down on. But more and more, taxes aside, people have been sharing with me that they appreciate that the board hasn't isn't taking a flyer or hasn't said, well, let's just let's throw this in there to see if we can get somebody to bite on it. That oh. there's really been a process that our board has followed They've asked really tough questions of administration, not just about this, like what will happen within the next year or so, but how this referendum, bond referendum, and these don't come up that often, about every 10 years. Um, how is this going to set us up for the future? Um, very well, it could be for times that we have new board members, a new administration, new community members. Um, so when people look back in the year 2023, they say, Yep, they got that one right. Mm -hmm. That helped us then move forward in, say, 2033 or 2043. And so the response has been positive. You know, we, we know that people are, are, they are already voting. It started last Friday. Um, 
And so every from time to time, we'll hear from people, oh, I already voted. And it's like, all right, great. Yep. The, our job now is to make sure that between today and November 7th, people have all the information they need to feel like they've got a, a good set of, of views to make a, a good decision for them and their family moving forward for the public system. So so far, so good. But, um, you know, we got six weeks and, right. and we'll we'll be out there talking with anybody who will listen about what's on the ballot um, this go around. So part one, again, just in a nutshell versus yeah. part two, so people can understand, because I don't remember from time to time. Yeah, I'm you sorry. Bet. I don't live and breathe it every day like you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So part one and Christy hit the nail on the head. The top priority is the safety security mm-hmm. of our of many of our schools. Like the entries you talk yeah, about, yep, how, the entry you know, in the old days, there's doors everywhere and they're all open and you come in anywhere you want and that's changed. Right. Yep. So setting up a single point of entry, a double vestibule system in all of our schools. And as Christy said, not not making it look prison-like, but just having a sense where when people get to school, they're entering through the office, they're checking in, people's business aren't is known, and, the, and then they have access to the building if they need it. That's a part of question one. Another part of question one is uh, early learning, preschool, daycare, um, both at our new Center for Learning, but then also out in Eagle Lake. It's a really important part of our school district, and uh, there's child care needs in that community like everywhere else. The final part of question one, really is specific to West High School. It's the original Mankato High School needs uh, um, significant work to make sure that we've got academic space that is that is flexible and relevant in the year 2023. Fine art suite needs to be remodeled. Um, we need to tear off that pool that hasn't had any water in it. We gotta make sure we've got enough water and swimming facilities for not only the Scarlets and the Cougars, but for our community. And so building a new pool up at Dakota Meadows is a part of that. Um, all question one, which equals $105 million. That, if that is approved by voters, question two, if approved, can also move forward, and that is outdoor learning spaces, outdoor co-curricular spaces at East High School and at West. So that would um, put stadium turf at both of uh, football, soccer, and lacrosse fields, nine-lane track, remodel really the stadium, bleachers, lights, concessions, restrooms, really improve that guest experience for um, not only our varsity athletics and our guests, but um, as we've been out and about talking to community community education use, youth recreation spaces on the weekends, before school, after school, and then of course FIAD during the instructional day as well. So those are the two questions in a nutshell. All right. So if is this the kind of thing one passes and that's it can pass, but does the first one have to be approved for the second one to pass? Is that the that's right. kind of contingency thing versus like you can't pick one and the other sort of thing? Yep. Yeah. There's there isn't any situation where we'll be remodeling our stadiums, our <laughs> athletic stadiums. <laughs> at, at the expense of safety. Right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. I get that. Yep. <laughs> that, yep. That makes sense. Right. So you mentioned the pool. I was thinking the pool that was going to be renovated at West, but it's going to be actually moved up to Dakota Meadows. Right. It's going to move up to our 6-8 uh, building. Um, okay. A couple of reasons for that. Number one, we've got great space up, up there at, at Dakota Meadows. We have a ton of acreage um, that we can build an eight-lane pool. We don't have any eight-lane pools here in, in Mankato. Oh, and really? So that's going to be fantastic. The other thing is that... Um, Along with varsity competitions, um, middle schoolers need to continue to work on their swimming um, abilities, Mm -hmm. and it also provides access then to our West Attendance Area Elementary Schools to get in there for instruction uh, on a regular basis during the school day. That's something that we've tried to do in the last three years, but we've been carting kids from, say, Hoover Elementary or Monroe Elementary all the way over to East for a pool that is almost impossible to get. I mean, that thing is used constantly um, and uh, 
it's the, the, the board made the, de- the decision, and, and I think that it's really wise that for a district of our size, serving a community as large as ours, both Mankato, North Mankato, Eagle Lake, Madison Lake, and Skyline, having two competition and community pools just makes a lot of sense. Sure. Now, you for somebody who's new in town and, mm-hmm. and they come and they say, yeah, there's an East versus West rivalry, you know, the Cougars versus the Scarlets kind of thing. And they say, well, why is West getting everything? And I mean, I've been here a long time, so I know, but let's mm-hmm. talk about why everything's happening at the West School right now. Right. So we're a school district that has multiple high schools, multiple elementary schools, um, and our bond referendums that come up, and like I said before, they come up about every 10 years, right. are going to address the needs as they currently exist. Because didn't East have a big um, bond referendum that did a lot there a number of years back? Bingo. Amen. I mean, so, I figured that's, yeah, that's, that's what where, I was kind of That's where we're at. going. So it was 10 years ago oh, was, that okay. uh, a bond referendum was held that resulted in Prairie Winds yep. being built. Right. Um, a major renovation at East High School, right. which as you now go through East, you can see it. I mean, it's wide open and it's flex spaces and a coffee shop. I mean, there's just a significantly different vibe in that school than, say, a 1950s and 60s traditional high school. Right. And so it what the, the idea now of investing in West, um, it's West's turn. That, right. that school now needs, um, and to try to keep things, well, if we're going to pump $20 million into East, then we better pump $20 million into West, then you're just looking for projects. Right. To, to keep you're th- specifically targeting it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And also, I think it's no, it's worth noting, you know, every we have a long-term facility plan, and mm-hmm. we revisit that every year. We have a five-year plan. We revisit that. So the list is long um, of what what we could should would like to do with you know with the the buildings that we have and the way we take care of them but um but that is some of that is just making sure that you revisit it <clears throat> you know and keep it on the list and and um and as it turns out west particularly with regards to the pool Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Karen, we talk a lot about equity in our district, and um, when we have students on uh, that are challenged to get a drop of water in their right. in their FIAD experience, um, you know, um, and you can get them to East, but like Paul mentioned, the the schedule over there is just wow, it's tight, yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. And I, I wasn't saying that one should, oh, no. should benefit over it's the a great other. Question. I know, just wanted to make sure if you're new in the community, you say, well, what about right? Why aren't they doing that? And I don't think you need to be new in the community. I think it's I think it's a question on on people's minds, and I think it's a good conversation to have because um, because it's there. But you know, here this is great. So ten years ago, I look back at the voting the by precincts or the polling places, the ten years ago referendum. Do you know which element of our community? had that referendum sail through, it was in the West Attendance area. And in the West Attendance area, there was very little work that was dedicated over at, over, over at, in, in the West area. And so, which t- demonstrates to me that overwhelmingly our community does see it. Yes. I mean, we love the East versus West thing when it comes to pack the stands or yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the jug game mm-hmm. and all of that. But at the end of the day, people are paying their taxes um, to a school district that is charged with serving all over 8,000 kids um, in a community that is the regional center of this uh, in a, in a, and is thriving. 
and uh, yeah, it's just it's but but it is worth us making sure people are were clear as to how all of that balances out as the board makes its decisions. And I think it was a last month when you were here, Paul. We were talking about the number of students who were in the district, and I think you didn't have solid numbers yet because yeah. things were still. So, how are things looking? They look great. I mean, I mean, we, are you getting more than you maybe anticipated? Yeah, we're up a hundred. Okay, um, which is a place we have not been for the last four years. Okay, um, and it's it's great. October first is a big. That's a big date for school districts because by that time. You've seen the ins and outs kind of settle down. Right. Um, class sizes are pretty well baked. Um, and, yeah, we just reviewed the numbers at our exec meeting yesterday, and uh, we're actually over 100 uh, to the good. Are we at 8,000-something? Yeah, we're over 8,000 8, okay. um, total pre-K through 12, well over 8,000 in, in that, um, and continue to grow um, as we see enrollments at our high school levels especially. We have not seen East, West, Prairie, and Dakota all growing together mm-hmm. um, since 2000. Okay, I'm sorry, t- t- 2020. That is that 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 is a sign that as people are taking a look, um, seeing what their family situation is, that they're taking a look at the good work of our East West teachers, Prairie Winds, and Dakota, and saying, yeah. We want to be a part of that. So thanks for asking. We're we're pumped, pretty pumped about that. Okay, and and Christy, you've been on the board for fourteen years. How would you advise somebody in the district to talk with the school board? Because not everybody is comfortable going to speak in front of other groups or even knows what to do. So what are the steps if they say, well, I, I'd like to express my opinion, but I really don't know how to do that. Yeah, I appreciate that question a lot, Karen, because um, we've we've made some changes to be more um, accessible to our community um, because there is the, the board meeting, the public forum um, in which you get three to five minutes to talk. And yeah, that's um, it. The, the nice thing about that is it's really intended to, for us to listen. Right. So I think talk is probably an inaccurate word in this regard because you're there to express your concern. We'll listen to it. But there's 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 a safe place for you to express your opinions and not be bombarded with questions. Um, And it's intended to be that. So So when somebody comes, they shouldn't be expecting they're going to be 20 minutes discussion. Exactly. Because maybe somebody's thinking that, well, they only gave me three minutes. So talk (laughs) about what that means, because I'm sure that could cause some ill feelings sure. from some. Yeah, because three to three minutes goes by lot. fast. Right. Um, but it's your three minutes um, and it it's it's for us to listen to you, to hear your experience, your concerns, your advice, your suggestions. Um, and then oftentimes what happens is we'll follow up with our administrators as as um, as that information affects us. Right. So there will be follow-up with, for example, I might follow up with Paul and say, hey, can you tell me more about this person's concern? I, this is the first I'd heard of it, or this is the 10th time I've heard of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, Being that our administrators are more in the seats than we are at, at the board level, um, they might have more information that could affect us in that regard. But you know, we've, our emails are posted and okay. are a great way to communicate to us. You can find them online. Um, email is an uh, is probably the most frequent way that I hear from my constituents, um, as well as you know when I'm at the dentist, uh, I oftentimes <laughs> will hey tell me more about the referendum you know sure. as I'm um, so oftentimes just being out in the community. But um, phone calls, I really enjoy when constituents have a concern. Um, that's what that's that's what I'm here for. Right, right. So um, there has been times in our histories where 
I'll make an appointment with Paul. We'll go down to the district office with a community member who wants to know more information about this, that, or the other thing. Um, and that is for all of us to be better informed and learn how we can better communicate. Are there more public forums coming up that we could maybe just mention? Yeah, you bet. There's one uh, next week. We're going to have a virtual session. Okay. Um, and that one is over the noontime uh, the, the, uh, on October 6th. Um, and that's the po- the Zoom link is posted on our website at Vote 2023. Um, and then there will be one at the end of October, and that one will be about a week-ish, a week and a half uh, before the election. Uh, we anticipate uh, that will probably be when people start paying a little bit more attention mm-hmm. about uh, the referendum. And, mm-hmm. and so we want to make sure that uh, people know about that and, and know that they can attend. The last thing I just wanted to say, Karen, is that I, Chris, Christie's work, all of our board's work, they, it's it's highly influent. It's really, really important for districts to have good governing boards. What I love so much about our board is that they keep at the center of their decision making the student experience. And I tell you, I I don't think yesterday's uh, headline in the free press could have said it any better. I mean, we had Julia Battern, East High School teacher out at Minneopa Park, kids <laughs> digging into the the actual real world that we all oh, live in. Oh, my sons love that class, oh. by the way. Yeah, <laughs> those are the sorts of things that, oh, amidst all the other work that a governing board does, our board recognizes that at the end of the day, that's why they're here. They're here to make sure that they are providing the support, the resources, everything, so our teachers can make magic with kids in authentic environments. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, can't say can't say enough. Govern, <laughs> governing and school board leadership in the last four or five years has become really really hard. Right. A lot of I people agree. have said, "Nah, I don't want to do that." Um, yeah. Can't can't say enough about uh, how, how well our our board functions. I just wanted to add in regards to the um, community forums that will be regarding the referendum. You know, um, the relationships that our families have with their schools is the best right and so our community listening um make sure you can y- your schools may have um, referendum information nights as well i know a lot of our elementary schools our high schools they all have a calendar um out there for their parents to know hey you can come we'll talk about the referendum so you can get the information out here the information is you know we want to make that as accessible as anything for our community so check in with your school where your student goes um, for information and what is the website, people, if they want to look and just see like a summary of yeah, all this? Yeah, you bet. It's isd77.org okay. slash vote2023. Well, your three to five minutes are up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would love to chat with you more because, you know, you, it's great. I'm so glad you came, Christy. Thanks, Christy Karen. Shook, who is the vice chair of the Mankato Area Public Schools Board, as well as the superintendent, Dr. Paul Peterson, who is, comes every month and kind of updates us, us on things related to what's going on. I wish we had more time, hey. but... I appreciate you guys' willingness to talk with with community folks as well, and I hope people take advantage of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is just a yeah. little way to skim the surface and talk about things, and hopefully get them thinking and want to know more. Thank you both. Appreciate it. Thanks, we'll see Karen. you on November seventh. Yeah, don't forget. <laughs> Check it out. Thanks. Thanks Karen. Bye-bye.